I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. Part two of the biggest errors high performers make that lead to burnout and subpar results. So guys, I wanted to do a second part to this because part one was talking more generally about the litmus tests, knowing if you fall into these categories, generally what this looks like. This part is going to be filled with more tangible things to recognize, to implement, to test, to understand around the core pillars that we teach that I teach around smart plant-based nutrition, smart minimum effective dose training and workouts, mindset, habit formation, habit stacking, reframing, and then obviously your environment in terms of sun exposure, fresh air, pollutants, environmental contaminants that can be affecting your nervous system, your hormone profiles, all of these things. Because think about all of this stuff. If you do one or two of these things well, but the other things are off, then you're not going to be getting your maximal result. And I would argue that sleep is probably its own pillar, um, but it can fall under environment as well, just with all these other things that are outside of diet that you can do to actually improve your physiology. So when we are thinking about high performing and people who are really busy and have a lot of pressure on them, you need to be freeing up time. One of the common themes that I hear from a lot of high-performing, busy people is that I wish I had more time. I don't have enough time to do all these things that I want to do. So typically, two things. One, there's probably a lot of systems and routines that you're doing in your life that are ineffective or inefficient which means that you're trying to be that jack of all trades and master of none. You're doing multiple things that you can either outsource or leverage that don't require your immediate skills that you should be getting someone else to do, but you're doing them yourself. So that's one thing. The other thing is that you are doing things that require you But because you are so inefficient with your cognition, you're so burned out, your diet's maybe not that great, or maybe it's okay, your mindset, your environment's not good, so you're not being efficient. It's taking you 10 times as long to get things done because you can't think clearly, you've got brain fog, your blood glucose levels is all over the place, you're feeling tired all the time, you're feeling burned out, and so you're not feeling productive. So when you are having to do things that require your immediate attention, it takes you 10 times as long to get them done. And even when you get them done, they're probably not that accurate either. I've seen this firsthand with people. I've seen firsthand how people who don't sharpen their axe, and I talk about that in part one, around all these pillars that I'm talking about. They don't sharpen their axe. And so they're swinging with this super blunt axe. And maybe they've had a degree of results in their life and they've just got there through brute force and blunt force trauma. Because think about this. That's the biggest trap of all is if you're listening to this and you've had some degree of result in something you've done, whether you're in decent shape, 
or whether you have a degree of financial success or whether you have a degree of accolades in something that you do, that can actually be that your trap because you think that you're actually very successful at that thing, not recognizing that maybe you're just tapping into 50% or 10% of your actual potential. But you've got there using inefficient methods and blunt force trauma, which is leading to this burnout, which is leading to this inconsistency, which is leading to you feeling impaired. And you have less time to do things that are meaningful to you. you you're not there as a parent or a friend or a spouse or a partner. You're not there for yourself. And so you're feeling really spread thin, like you need to be wearing all the hats and be all the things to all the people, and you just don't know how to do it. And so think about this. If you have a business or you are an entrepreneur or a business person, a professional, and you do have a degree of success already in that area, look at what you are doing. So you probably have some type of assistant, whether it's like a virtual assistant uh, you know, physical assistant, some, you have people in your corner that you are outsourcing certain things to, whether you are a veterinarian and you have vet technicians or the person at the front desk, or you're a doctor and you have people doing all the filing and computation and booking the appointments and different things like that you have people outsourcing certain things that you don't need to be doing likewise if you're an entrepreneur you probably have someone maybe running your facebook ads or doing your marketing funnels or doing some of your branding you're going through upwork or fiverr.com to get these freelancers and these outsourcers or maybe you have a team under you of people who are helping you do things that you don't necessarily need to be doing so that's part of understanding how to leverage your time. Now, one of the reasons why I come into some as a role into someone's existence is that same principle of helping them leverage their time around how they should be training, reducing down their training duration, or at the very least, if they're not training, finding ways to get them in the doorway and keep this minimum effective dose system consistent, which will actually give you more energy long-term. People typically fall into two categories. They either overdo it and try and do everything, or they underdo it and they do nothing. There's this con constant tightrope walk that you have to walk. And the hard part is it's like a moving target. It's like you're on a tightrope that's tied between two hot air balloons. <laughs> and so it's not like the tightrope is just static in air across two valleys it's moving at the same time you're trying to walk it so it is challenging but if you know the signs and you understand your biofeedback you know how to pivot and adapt so when it comes to these core pillars and understanding what you need to focus on you've got to understand it from this perspective of you part of the reason why you would get someone like myself on board is to leverage your time and expedite the processes, compress down your learning curves, compress down your error rate. So you're not having as many mistakes. You're not grinding as much. I help you sharpen your axe. So when you do show up, you have more precision, you have more mental clarity, you're not grinding away and as inefficient, which then just takes you more time to do everything, which means you're more inconsistent with the things that matter because you don't have quote unquote have time. So can you see here how it's a feedback loop? And if you're in this place, you're feeding that feedback loop. And it's going to require you stepping away from that for a second and getting some external help to reprogram that loop to actually make you more efficient. And people struggle with that. 
I've seen people before who really want to make the change. And then when push comes to shove and they get under pressure, they default back to those grind patterns. And it's like trying to save a drowning person. And until you recognize that and take ownership for the position you're in in your life, nothing's going to change. And it doesn't matter how, quote unquote, successful you are in a certain area. If you're grinding away and you're on a raft of medications and or you're, you're not optimal. And by I'm not optimal, I mean like if you're not an optimal body composition where you're relatively lean and athletic and healthy, free of medications and free of diseases, you have problems and you're not performing at your best. And what does that mean? It probably means that you're going to have a shorter lifespan. It probably means that it's going to take you longer to get the same amount of work done as it would take someone else who's proficient. You're probably going to have more inaccuracies and more error rates. Your branding is going to be affected. If you're not looking super healthy and super vibrant, it's going to show in your branding. And that subconsciously affects people's decisions, whether or not they interact with you, because it talks about you become a walking representation of your values. So if you are talking about lifestyle freedom or you're talking about anything just regarding optimizing your life and your journey or anything like whatever profession you fall under if in my opinion and this is just me if you are not looking vibrant and super healthy and optimal i start to then wonder what is this person's habits and routines like and are they underperforming in what they do so if i if i get them on if i hire them on are they actually going to do the job properly to their to their maximum ability or they impaired somehow. Because if you have high levels of body fat and your face is all puffy because you're all inflamed, that probably means your brain is inflamed. And if your brain is inflamed, how well are you making accurate decisions? And if you, even if you are making some good decisions, I want to know that someone is maximizing their potential and getting everything out of them possible. And so understand that this affects your branding. It affects your marketing. It affects your bottom line. It affects your productivity with work. It affects your accuracy with the quality of the work that you do everything and this is not even me talking about your general health and disease prevention and relationships with your family kids spouse partner all that other stuff all of this stuff ties in so look when it comes to these core pillars i touched in part one briefly around consistent sleep wake cycles or circadian timing one of the biggest pieces of low-hanging fruit that i could tell anyone and I even mention this to people because people will tend to have a certain sleep cycle on Monday to Friday, and then in the weekend, they'll deviate from that. I'm here to tell you that if you really, truly want to maximize your output, you need to have the sleep-wake cycle seven days a week, every day. And I'll tell you this just as someone who's been doing this for years now, Monday through Sunday, I go to bed around 8.30. And I wake up around exactly 4 a.m. without an alarm clock anymore, seven days a week. And I just wake up naturally and I get I get get to it because it's my morning routine. I have this routine that I run through. It gives me grounding. It gives me clarity. It actually gives me energy. It actually provides me with additional energy. And so you have some people who might do a certain sleep-wake cycle Monday to Friday. And in the weekend, they sleep until 10 a.m. That's actually going to take away energy from you. I'm here to tell you that when you change your sleep-wake cycle like that, it can actually negatively impact your energy levels. You would think that getting more sleep and sleeping in later in the morning and the weekends might help. It can actually negatively impact your energy levels. The other thing to understand is that, especially with the night shift workers and people who work at night, that's, this is going to massively affect your insulin sensitivity, your blood glucose control, your cortisol response, all kinds of things. So, 
if you can get away from night shift work or this sort of unpredictable cycles of day shifts, night shifts, that's probably the best thing you could ever do for your health. Now, I know not a lot of you will fall into that category, but what I'm trying to say here is that outside of nutrition, outside of training, outside of environment, sleep drives so many underlying functions. You can have really good nutrition and training, but if your sleep is impaired, it's going to massively impair your insulin sensitivity and your blood glucose response, which will affect energy levels, mental clarity, body fat distribution, um, disease prevention, all these different things. So optimizing sleep. I talk about optimizing sleep in other podcasts, but if I had to rattle anything off to you, it's to drop the air temperature in your house down to about 68 degrees Fahrenheit at nighttime, cut all blue light emission in the evening once the sun goes down using blue light blocking filters on your phone, blue light blocking filters on your computer like Flux. Um, we use uh, essential oil diffuser lamps on a, on a warm red tone as a light source. You can use Himalayan rock salt lamps, cut all the interior lights down to dim, turn them off even. Don't be watching any arousing stuff right before bed a lot of people will leave the tv on in their bedroom that's a complete disaster and that's just not good at all or they'll be watching really arousing movies like action movies and thrillers right before bed again going to massively peak your nervous system you're going to have massive trouble sleeping other things are just like like i mentioned in part one if you're consuming caffeine after early morning like mid-morning lunchtime and mid-afternoon that's insane i mean people who consume caffeine in mid-afternoon and then have problems sleeping you've got to connect two and two together and if you're needing the caffeine to function through the day that in and of itself is a huge problem and that's what i actually help with to break those loops to actually give you natural energy properly because if you're relying on these exogenous sources of energy and stimulants to get you going it's going to be causing all kinds of negative downstream effects that you don't even understand in terms of your performance and output and productivity and quality of your life other things and making sure that you have a good pillow and a really good mattress you can get cooling mattresses spend more on your pillow and your mattress than you normally would because those things will massively improve the quality of your sleep cycles if you track your sleep cycles on an aura ring for example you can see how much it improves those metrics when you have better pillows and mattresses and other things to to consider are not eating too close to bedtime. Typically, what you'll find is that if you eat right before bed, snacking right before bed, your digestion is going to be more active. That is going to keep your body temperature elevated. That elevated body temperature is going to prevent you from getting into deeper sleep cycles, which will, which is that restorative sleep. It's kind of like when people will take a sleeping pill and they might quote unquote sleep, but it's not deep restorative sleep. So when they wake up, they feel completely unrested. So if you've ever had that feeling where you slept seven or eight hours, but you feel unrested, it's because you're not getting into quality sleep cycles. And that's when you need to start looking into that data more closely and reverse engineer processes to make that happen. I'll even suggest to some people to cut their hydration and water intake late afternoon so they're not waking up through the night multiple times to go to the bathroom because again breaking sleep cycles is going to leave you feeling more unrested there is so much more when it comes to quality of sleep but those things and just reducing your body fat levels if you struggle with sleep apnea or any other things like that you have excessive body fat covering your throat that weight is closing down your airway to some extent so all of these things will improve 
your energy levels naturally. That's the biggest differentiator. As, as a young father of a daughter at the current uh, time of this podcast, who's almost three, disruptive sleep is a huge driver in your energy levels, mental clarity, hunger and cravings, all these things. So again, sleep, fundamental. But there are a lot of things that you can do to maximally improve these things, which means that you can then taper down the need for stimulants, caffeine, that type of thing. And it reduces hunger and cravings. So you're not constantly fighting that need to snack, which can be a huge negator when it comes to you making progress. Think of, you know, I'm going to segue into the nutrition pillar because I talk about nutrition a lot, obviously, in this podcast because being a plant-based vegan podcast and we do nutrition stuff, that's our main focus, right? So when it comes to nutrition, think of nutrition, micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, that type of thing. Think, that, think of that as like software. So it's the software and your body is the hardware. Your body's the computer and the food either acts as a good operating system update that irons out all the bugs and errors that helps the hardware work more effectively and efficiently, or it's like a virus and it crashes the computer, it makes it stall, it makes it not load things, things go wrong. Food can be either one of those things. Processed foods, junk foods, foods high in trans fats, processed salts, processed sugars, packaged crap that people eat, on-the-go stuff, shakes from Smoothie King, people, stuff that people think are healthy, all the canned tuna. And I see all these like entrepreneurs and fit pros posting their like canned tuna lunches, hashtag clean eating, and I want to throw up. I'm like, you don't even understand what clean eating looks like because that's their level of knowledge. That's their current level of understanding. I was there once too. So I'm, I was guilty of that. They don't understand the poor quality of some of these foods, the contaminants that are in the cans, the, the all the things they're missing out on if they just got the right strategy. And so what's happening is they're grabbing things that are quick and easy, sub sandwiches, things that are just packaged goods. And they don't realize that they're uploading viruses into their hardware. And so when they get the brain fog, or when they need the nap, a mid-afternoon nap, or when they're feeling bloated and then they feel lethargic because they're getting gastric issues, you need to start looking at the upstream or the downstream effect of your choices and connecting those dots and understanding that that choice upstream created a cascade of biofeedback responses downstream that impairs your output and your ability to maximize your potential later on. And that to me is lost currency. It's lost money. It's lost time. It's lost everything. Like you are leaving money and time and happiness on the table when you do those things. And so think of nutrition as the software that drives your hardware. The good thing about this is that even if you've had some viruses in your system, you can easily update the operating systems quickly if you know what to do. And I talk about that in previous podcasts and I touched on it briefly in part one around eating the rainbow and diversity of plants. 40 unique diversity of plants has been shown to help maximize your health outcomes, which means that 40 different types of plant foods each week, which really isn't that hard to do when you really think about it, when you break it down and different colors, remember different colored fruits, different colored vegetables, they all represent different types of vitamins and minerals in your diet. If you are feeling lethargic and you're getting a lot of cravings, part of that is you're probably missing certain key vitamins and minerals in your diet. 
And I'm here to tell you that I don't think just popping a multivitamin is the solution. Because think about this. If multivitamins were the solution, then why is America one of the most unhealthy countries in the world where everyone's popping pills and everyone's popping supplements? If it all it took to be healthy was to take a multivitamin, everyone in America would be walking around healthy and lean and athletic. It's not the case. What it tells me is that it's one part of an equation and we don't even understand the equation. I think there is a power to whole foods that a vitamin or mineral in synthetic form cannot fill. And so what I'm here to say is that you need to be making sure that with your meals, you are looking at a variety of different colors, a variety of different different colors in your snacks to get micronutrient diversity. Micronutrients meaning vitamin and mineral diversity. Why does this matter? Because if you're low in magnesium, most people, low in magnesium, low, low in selenium from the get-go. These two things are huge precursors in regarding to your nervous system function, how you think, how you focus, how you recover, as well as hormone precursors, making sure that your sex hormone profiles are optimal. Most people are even low in vitamin D. That is a huge precursor in terms of mental health, hormone production, immunity function, all of these different things that help you stay your best. Just being low in those three things is going to set you up for a big loss. And most people don't get those things in their diet. Most people are low in iodine. Iodine regulates metabolism, cell function, all brain function, all kinds of things. You are leaving things on the table. And that's why smart nutritional programming is required. Where I come in, I look at the gaps in your process. We fill them in with intentional things to hit those micronutrient values, to optimize those biomarkers, to optimize your outcomes. 100%. So understand diversity of plants, colors, get them in. Eat less processed convenience foods. Eat less animal-based foods. Those things are going to slow you down. They will have negative downstream effects. Some of which you understand, some of which you can't even see until you get a mentor to shine light on them. The next thing is training around minimum effective dose. Like I've told you, people fall into two camps. You either have like really busy people who don't even train at all and they think they don't train because they don't have enough time. I'm here to tell you that training, smart training, actually enhances your energy levels. It actually enhances your physiology and your chemistry. If you're not training and you're not moving your body, you are leaving so much on the table in terms of your optimal physiology and optimal energy levels. People think that training is actually going to make them more tired. I'm here to tell you that it actually enhances your energy output and your energy levels long term if you do it right. And if you find that you have been getting more tired from training, it's because you're doing it wrong. You're not approaching it from a minimum effective dose, intentional streamlined process. There's a lot of junk volume and there's a lot of fluff you're probably doing that's not actually getting you the result that you want. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have guys or people who do, you know, 75 hard, for example, if you've ever heard of that challenge. I have nothing against that challenge at all. I think it's a good thing for people to get into some systems and routines. But if you do a lot of masochistic training during a process like that, which calls for you to train, I think, two times a day, one indoor workout, one outdoor workout, seven days a week you are going to absolutely burn out and or have injuries and or tank your hormone profiles in the process if you do not periodize your training properly and have a minimum effective dose process. 
Minimum effective dose doesn't mean you cut corners and skip things. It means you do hard things in short amounts of time and get out. And so part of what I look at with someone's training is all the fluff. What's all the fluff they're doing? All the junk volume. Most people have junk volume in their lives. They have junk volume in terms of the social media content they consume. They have junk volume in terms of the news media they consume. They have junk volume in terms of the calories they consume. They have junk volume in terms of the training that they do. You remove the junk volume and you're left with some basic fundamentals that will give you 90% of your result but you need to know what those look like. And each person is different. And that's why getting proper mentorship to come in and leverage those skills and leverage those processes is absolutely important. But minimum effective dose training for me typically represents either upper body and lower body workouts, not just training chest, not just training arms by themselves. Training small muscle groups is not going to yield maximum hormonal or maximum caloric burn responses training multiple big muscle groups together will so upper body lower body or even full body cycles doing compound lifts compound lifts are movements that are across multiple joints your, t- your typical ones you'll know so like your squats your deadlifts your lunges your overhead presses your bench presses your rows your pull-ups or your pull downs those types of things predominantly those types of things doing heavier weight and with lots of rest pauses back to back to back to back so rest pauses essentially say for example you want to do 10 to 12 reps you do your 10 to 12 reps with as, as much as you can safely with good form you rest for five or ten seconds you do another one to five reps you rest for another five to second ten seconds you do another five, one to five reps you keep repeating this two three four five times You do that and you only have to do two sets. But I will say this, it has to be factored in with your overall programming. Like if you're doing that too much or you don't know what you're doing, you're either going to injure yourself or you're going to overtrain or you're going to burn out or you're not going to understand how to get that minimum effective dose process from the movement itself. So it's more complex than that, but that fundamentally compound lifts, multiple body parts trained at once. And you've got to get in and get out and be intentional and predominantly resistance slash weight training. That's going to be the thing that moves the needle for you. And you don't just want to be jumping around like a jackrabbit. Like a lot of people do like just high intensity stuff, CrossFit stuff. While that can work for certain people, it's going to take most people to snap city. Their lower back's going to start getting really burned out, shoulder injuries, you name it. It's that's the opposite of minimum effective dose. That type of training is like maximum effective dose. So you're just basically throwing everything at your body you can to force change. And what happens when you stop? What happens when you get injured? You completely rebound. And it takes you that level of intensity and that amount of volume to just maintain your current physique. That's that's not very ambitious to me. I'm about how can you reduce down your training volume to 45 minutes, 60 at tops, three, maybe four, maybe five if you enjoy it, but ideally four times a week and be in and out and have a better result than 98% of people. And remember, that helps your branding. If you look athletic, if you look healthy and vibrant, that is going to help sell everything you do. You are a walking sales board for everything you believe in, everything you do, your values. So if you're walking around and you're not healthy and you don't look healthy, that's what you are selling to people. You're selling that lifestyle. You're selling those beliefs. You're selling those core values. 
Is it in alignment with who you want to be? Is it in alignment with your brand? Is it in alignment with your profession? Do you want to be better at what you're doing? Because it's going to take that. And part of it is trimming back all that fluff, like I said, and habit stacking. So, you know, we talked about nutrition briefly. We talked about training. When it comes to mindset, habit stacking. So one of the things I do in the morning when I first get up is I have my teas. I have a, a different range of teas that I brew together. I have my teas. I add a mineral supplement to my spring water. I have my teas brewed. I have some branched chain amino acids in that water. And I have it all prepared the night before. So when I get up in the morning, all I have to do is walk into the kitchen and it's there for me and it's ready to go. And I get super hydrated as soon as I wake up. I take any basic supplementation that I might want to take. And then I get into my morning routine process around looking at my digital vision board where it's a series of uh, pictures and videos of travels, experiences, things that I've done, things that I want to do that I play in my head like a movie reel, which allows me to get into that place which allows me to feel a certain emotional state by being in that place mentally. And I actually can engineer a different emotional and cognitive state through that process. And it's about altering your physiology. So walking through that mindset stuff. So can you see here how that was a stack of habits? It's not just one thing. I'm not just taking the supplements as a standalone thing. I'm not just taking the drinking the tea as a standalone thing. I'm not just doing my future pacing and my digital vision board reframing as a single thing. If I was doing all those things as a single thing, it's going to require a lot more prefrontal cortex and thinking to remember all of that. Whereas I do it as a stack. I do everything in stacks. The way I prepare my gym bag, the way I prepare my laundry, the way I prepare our daughter's dinners and lunches, it's all in stacks and cycles. And if you can stack multiple habits on top of each other, you only have to remember the trigger. And once you remember the trigger, the others fall into place like a cascade. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're like, oh, I keep forgetting to do this and I keep forgetting to do that, it's because you don't understand the premise of triggers and habit stacks. And that's what I teach. And I lace that into the nutritional program and I lace that into the training. So once you start to integrate these things, they become automated. Why does that matter? Because if you can take these more conscious processes and automate them into your subconscious mind, it requires less cognitive energy to do them. And you can then take that cognitive energy and prioritize it into all this other stuff that matters, like your actual job, your profession, your relationships. That stuff is what gives you the long-term result. The reason why you burn out is because everything is still sitting in your prefrontal cortex, taking up cognitive energy, and nothing is automated. It's going to take time and transition to move it to your subconscious through repetition and habit stacking, but I'm here to tell you, that's part of what I do. That's why people get a fitness result, and they get this quote-unquote amazing transformation, and then they relapse because they weren't able to integrate it into their subconscious mind. So part of that is, and have, can you see the, the crossover with business stuff here? Like if you're a business person, an entrepreneur, a CEO, and you don't have systems in place, it means that when you try to implement things, they don't last very long. It takes too much time to implement them. Whereas if you have really efficient systems, it's kind of like putting things into your subconscious mind and it's automated in the background and it's just running in the background. It makes it much easier to maintain long term. So these same processes that you might be doing well in your business, you need to be integrating them into your physiology routines, right? So outsource and leverage. That's why I'm here. 
a lot of people who are these high achievers, they need to understand that coaches, really good coaches have coaches. Think about this. Michael Jordan was coached by Tim Grover. Tim Grover was a strength coach. None of the other Chicago Bulls players wanted a coach at the time. Back back in the 80s, the strength coaches for the teams wasn't as popular, and especially in basketball. And Tim Grover sent an email, or not even an email, a letter to the Chicago Bulls. None of the other players were interested. Michael Jordan was the one that reached out and got the coaching from him. And he ended up working with him for years and went on. Obviously, everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. What I'm here to say is that very often, the people who achieve at an even higher level are the first to get outsourced coaching. Honestly, you can never be too good. You can never be too good. There's always things you do not know. And if you try and bootleg or become a jack of all trades with everything, you're going to be spread so thin. And that burnout, that, that what you feel is your attempt to bootleg everything. And you're feeling burned out because of it. And those, there's those bottlenecks in your systems. And you've got to understand that when it comes to meal prep. Meal prep doesn't take a long time. I make my meals in six to eight minutes. So if someone says to me they don't have time, it's because they have bottlenecks in their systems. It's the same bottlenecks you might have in your, your marketing funnels. And you don't understand why you're not converting more sales. You have a bottleneck somewhere. There's a kink in the system somewhere. It's the same process when it comes to your nutrition. It's the same process. If someone's taking 10 or 15 minutes to do a warm-up, you need to trim that down to five minutes. But how do you do that effectively to prevent injuries? The reason why you want to trim it down is so you can get more proper work done. Again, minimum effective dose. So just imagine if you... As a business owner, as a professional, as someone who wants to be a high achiever, just imagine if you had to do everything yourself, from your accounts, to your tax filings, to your administrative stuff, to your funnels, to your marketing, to everything. Can you imagine how burned out you would feel? That's what happens when people try to bootleg a process when it comes to the nutritional training strategies, is that you can do it, but you're not going to get maximal result. And the amount of time and effort and energy required to get to the point where you are is going to be immense. And maybe you already have had some degree of result. But I always say to people, how much have you left on the table? You've probably left infinite amounts of progress on the table by not doing the things I'm talking about. And so see that as an ambitious thing too. From reframe it from a perspective of, oh, I'm a failure to this place of, okay, like if I'm leaving all that on the table, what more What more can I achieve if I actually change this pattern and see that as an inspiring thing? Be curious about that. Next thing to understand is environmental triggers. Remember, optimal physiology, optimal performance is more than just nutrition and diet. It's more than just diet and training. It's more than just the nutrition. It is your environment in terms of sun exposure, air quality, water quality, contaminants and toxins in your environment mold in your house do you have moldy curtains because of all the mildew on the windows that you don't even see do you have fresh coats of paint everywhere the fumes and the chemicals coming off that stuff do you have wi-fi routers sitting everywhere do you put your phone right next to your bed at nighttime and don't set it on airplane mode so it's pushing out all kinds of electromagnetic fields and radiation. All of these things will further impact your physiology and your nervous system. 
And so if you can optimize these things, these are additional things that you can do that massively help improve your outcomes. And so some of the basic things I say to people is you need to move. If you're not getting 10,000 steps in per day, you're way too sedentary. And so what happens is your lymphatic system is like the drainage system in your body. It's like the septic system in your body. And if you're not, and it doesn't have a pump. So like your heart is the pump for your cardiovascular system. It pumps blood through your system, through oxygen, oxygenation of body, all that type of stuff, nutrient delivery, all that with your blood, with your blood volume, with your lymphatic system to excrete and remove, it requires a pump, but it doesn't have like an actual pump in your body like your heart does. What is the pump? The pump is movement. That's why often also with like massages and gua sha, but massages especially, they'll tell you to like rehydrate right after the massage and like, you know, just rest. You might feel a bit off because they've just really pumped your lymphatic system. But what also pumps your lymphatic system? Walking, running, exercise, rebounding, vacuuming your house. (laughs) All these neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis activities are what move your lymphatic system. Why does this matter? Because that will help excrete a lot of the metabolic waste and byproducts from your body so you can optimize, so you can reduce inflammation, so you can perform at a better level. And so 10,000 steps per day, you want to be getting outside at least two to three times per day, even if it's raining. Just get outside for five minutes. Take a quick walk outside. If you can walk outside every day, that is going to set you up for success. Even if you just get outside for some fresh air, get fresh air, get out of the closed circulating AC environment, get fresh air, breathe at a natural biome environment in a forest or in the woods, that is even better for you. That's going to really set you up in a good way. Get sun exposure if you can, without sunglasses on, into your retinas, into your eyes, onto your skin, not just wearing fully clothed with sunglasses on, but onto your skin, into your eyes. Sun exposure. Sun exposure is really profound in terms of blunting, craving, and hunger responses. In winter, animals tend to consume more calories. In summer, they consume less. Part of that is your the sun exposure, the vitamin D synthesis that takes place. There's a blunting effect with cravings and hunger through sun exposure, and it produces more energy. And so we, I think everything is connected, guys. Plants, they grow in the sun. Everything, and in many ways, humans need sun to enhance your energy. And so if your energy is dipping and you're inside all the time and you never get fresh air, that one thing could change everything for you. So you need to make sure you intentionally schedule that into your routine and you get outside and do that. Remember, this is more than just supplement or food. There's a lot of other stuff to this as well in terms of electromagnetic fields from Wi-Fi routers, turning your Wi-Fi router off at nighttime, putting your phone on airplane mode at nighttime, reducing blue light, lots of different things. Um, Getting some good quality indoor plants, set your house up with a lot of indoor plants, setting up rooms in a way that is um, visually appealing to you, that brings you pleasure. You know, so you might have some nice Himalayan rock salt lamps, some some diffuser lamps. Be proud of your space. I even talk about resetting the room, where when you leave rooms at the end of the day, clean them up and reset them. If you're living in a disheveled environment where there's things all over the ground, there's dirty dishes in the sink, there's um, crumbs on the floor, there's dog hair around the skirts of your house because you haven't vacuumed because you haven't been cleaning, 
you need to get that stuff in order because I believe that physical clutter is a representation of mental clutter. And so in order to reduce mental clutter, clean up your space, streamline it. You will, it will make you more efficient because you know where things are. You're not going to spend as much time rifling around looking for things. It removes mental clutter, right? So that's another thing. And understand that when it comes to progress in all these areas, if some of the things that I look at, I can look at someone and I can tell how healthy they are just by looking at them. Do they have a puffy face? What's their skin quality like? How do they, like, what, is, what do they look like in general? Their skin quality, the clarity of their eyes, the quality of their skin, pimples, acne, you know, eczema, those types of things, puffiness through their face. If someone has issues with their skin, that's usually a representation that things are off internally. And so that's another biofeedback cue that I can use and look at someone and be like, okay, things are off. We need to, we really need to dig into this with the digestion and optimizing those variables. One of the things that I also wanted to mention, one of the biggest mistakes I think people make is that if you are one of these people who is more genetically, I want to say gifted, or you just look healthy and you just look vibrant, even if your diet's not that great, even if your lifestyle's okay, but it's not amazing, you're consuming alcohol a bit too much, you know, you, you're eating some processed foods, but you look healthy, that's sometimes a danger zone for people. And I've seen this with a lot of entrepreneurs and professionals who have decent results, but they drink. And they're probably medicating with other things. And their diets are probably not that great. That is a danger trap. Because what happens is you fall into this lull thinking that you're amazingly optimal. That you're kicking butt in all areas and you're the best you can be. And then behind, behind the scene, you might be facilitating all kinds of disease models that you don't even understand or realize until you get into later stages. So you need to be very aware of that trap. If you look healthy, but you know you're not really living the super healthy lifestyle you could be, that's when you're falling into a trap. And not everyone fits into that category, but there are some high achieving people that do. And that's why I'm here to tell you that you can never, you're never going to know everything and you can, you're never going to be your best. And there's always room for improvement. And so cleaning those things up, even if you appear healthy, because you don't want to be performing optimally and not even realize it or have disease models taking place and not even realize it. That's not good, guys. It's not good. So part of it is just recognizing that you're not tapping into your potential, even if you're performing at a high level. People think they're healthy, but they don't even know what they don't know. You know, I've seen more well-known professionals or people share stuff online that they do, and I'm thinking that's not even optimal. It's not even, and they don't even know it. They don't even know that it's not optimal because they don't know what they don't know. And it's why you need help like this that I'm talking about in terms of like peak VEGX one-on-one signature training with myself where we reverse engineer done for you processes like this, where we break it all down and we look at your biofeedback and we look at the upstream effects and the downstream effects and we minimum effective dose everything and we habit stack things to make it streamlined integrated processes into your routine that optimize you from the inside out you're transformed from the inside out once you transform from the inside everything optimizes on the outside but part of it is recognizing that these cycles that you've been going through where you just go into the grind and stick your head down and put yourself last and 
burn out and spread yourself thin and you keep defaulting back to those patterns over and over again, you've got to break it. It's not serving you. And I see so many people do that. And I'm like, eventually, there's going to be a straw that breaks the camel's back, right? And so you've got to understand that what you've been doing has yielded some results, maybe some pretty good results, maybe not good results, but you're leaving a lot on the table. And if you truly want to be effective and efficient, it's going to take higher level strategies. So I hope that these pillars, these uh, mentions regarding different things you can do will help provoke curiosity for you to start implementing some of these things. I will hope that you'll be able to go back and review some of these other podcasts I've talked about in my series. Go listen to all of them. They all tie into this. But at the end of the day, if you want help to break through with this, that's why I'm here. So get after it, guys. Actualize your potential. No matter where you're at, no matter how good you are right now, I truly believe that you're scraping the surface of what you're truly capable of. But it's going to come down to recognizing you don't know what you don't know and getting people in place to help you shine light on those things. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.